0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Ask a Jew, where a secular, sinful Israeli talks to her Haredi, God-fearing friend. We are the Sweet Valley High twins of Judaism. (laughs) Leah, who do you want to be, Jessica or Elizabeth? Oh my God, I've not heard about that book in years. Sweet
1: Valley Twins. Quick, pick one. I don't remember which one was cooler.
0: Jessica, Jessica, I want to be yeah, Jessica for that's sure. That's fine. I, I feel like Jessica was cooler, but Jessica would definitely end up like pregnant for and, sure, like dropping out of school, and, like, also being on meth. Wouldn't,
1: wouldn't they be super woke now? I feel like they would be really woke. You,
0: probably, probably I think so. Their parents would be woke, but but it's Elizabeth funny. was like super super nerdy. She's I know. probably working at like Google or something. I was probably more her. She was like reading a lot. No. I don't, yeah, I barely but she was remember. also. I feel like she was like super judgmental.
1: Yeah, All right? I know, I know. <laughs> it's funny because my mother did let me read Sweet Valley Twins, but mm-hmm. she did not let me read Sweet Valley High. Yeah, Do you remember that makes like sense. when they went to high school? Yeah, and so I had to sneak those. Yeah, but like I was also at the same time sneaking like you know, Danielle Steele novels. Yeah. And like I would hide all of the romance novels and oh my God. So I read all the Judy Bloom it.
0: books, but then remember there was a sexy Judy Bloom book? Yeah. I don't, forever. I never
1: read her books, I don't think. Oh I, I loved her books. Really?
0: Uh yeah, that's how I learned about American Jews and how like That's so funny. You know, silly they are but I was <laughs> I was a, I I was a
1: voracious reader as a kid. I I loved reading, me and it was too. hard for I like looking back now. I felt for my I feel for my mom because she really wanted me to read like wholesome books, and mm-hmm. there just wasn't that much available. I remember she found this like series. We would go to the library every week. And I mm-hmm. take out tons of books. And there was this one series that was like historical fiction. And there was always like a very innocent like little romance mm-hmm. that just – that's all I needed. Like I was – I wanted romance so bad. Aww. But it was like the most little innocent like little tiny bit of romance which you didn't mind. But you like learned about different countries. I don't know. I, you, I wonder – You
0: you didn't read Judy Bloom books? I don't think so. I don't there remember. There was – can I tell you a funny story? <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing but it's okay nobody listens yeah let's see my parents (laughs) um so i love judy bloom books and she had that one book deanie that was about masturbation oh my god and when i read it it like completely went over my head (laughs) (laughs) you were like googling no no (laughs) i just didn't i'm like okay that's weird i guess she she does she touches herself somewhere (laughs) And whatever, I was more focused on the plot, really, um, I think only years and years later, I was like, "Oh, that is so funny. Uh, <laughs> no, I so maybe you could have read something like that and it would have gone over your head. Too. I, it
1: could be, but like I just I don't remember reading any Judy Bloom. We had a book
0: she's still um, alive
1: is she she has yeah, she's like a hundred wow, oh my gosh yeah she's well so cool. we we had a book um called, anybody who's listening that is like, around my age, that's Haredi or religious will know this book. Um, It was purple. And it was called The Wonder of Becoming You. And it was all about like, your transition through puberty and sort of like you guys learn about
0: that stuff.
1: So, I mean, obviously, I mean something's happening to your body. Like they have yeah, to, yeah. But it's you. just like God just did that. I, you know? <laughs>
0: is that is that on so, every every question the answer is yeah because God. that's
1: what God wants. Yeah, but uh, that was that was oh. a book called The Wonder of Becoming You, and I remember when my mom gave it to me, and I was like a really early bloomer, mm-hmm. so I I like peaked, you know, in third grade. I was like, that's what. <laughs> all been it, downhill from there been so um she gave me that book like long before my other friends had like read it and I was I thought I was so sophisticated because like I knew all this stuff and it's just funny like what I did remember did you go about. and like tell
0: tell obviously. all the other girls
1: yeah obviously <laughs> I mean that's what camp is for that's what like I mean I still remember I, I mean I'm gonna name I'm gonna name this person but we had a friend I mean, she's never going to listen to this podcast, but if she did, she would be (laughs) proud. But her name is Tamara, and she was not religious, and Mm -hmm. she went to the same school as us, and she would sit with us and tell all the religious kids everything about sex (gasps) and intimacy. And I just, I know, I like remember sitting there just like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more, (laughs) what else? And she would just tell us everything, but Yeah. So yeah, that's, the wonder of becoming you. Look it up. The,
0: we should yeah, we should look it up. Maybe I'll learn something. Maybe who knows what
1: else went over my head.
0: <laughs> I know, seriously, <laughs> in all my years of being alive. Seriously,
1: that's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, Sweet Valley Twins. I mean, I don't have daughters, so I wonder how I would handle uh, what they read. Because my boys obviously are not. I mean, they read like fantasy stuff i don't
0: know they're lord of the rings and yeah like yeah that. there's oh, not a lot time. of like sexy content in those it's i like, don't
1: think so i don't yeah. think so they read a lot of like the yeah the sci-fi kind of fantasy stuff so
0: yeah what about um did you read um babysitters club oh uh, of course i love babysitter so, nancy drew nancy drew who's uh, your favorite like who are you from the babysitters club I don't. How do you remember?
1: I mean, honestly, Are you kidding me? I,
0: <laughs> I can tell you everything about
1: that. Um, I don't remember you know, anything. I don't think
0: there was a Jewish one.
1: No. Oh, so scandal. Horrible. I don't know. Yeah. We used to read the boxcar kids. That was like a big thing. I don't know if you read that. that. No. We read a lot of Jew. I mean, I, I read a lot of Jewish books growing up, obviously. And uh, um, yeah. so but I, I you didn't sweet. read Judy Bloom because they were all like very Jewish. Yeah, but they were, like, secular Jewish, not, like, religious. Yeah, there
0: was a really good one. Um, I think it was starring Sally J. Friedman as herself, where <laughs> they— it, it was <laughs> That's in, the title? In the s- 60s, yeah. It's oh. really good. Isn't in there the one, 60s, like, Are You Their
1: God or something? What's... Yeah,
0: Are You Their God? is me, Margaret. That's I about never read it. Period, getting your period, I think, oh. or getting boobs, um, oh, that's or both. So funny. But, um, no, but the starring Sally J. Friedman as herself— there's, oh, ding, 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 cue the Holocaust bell. Oh, here we um, go. They have a neighbor <laughs> and they all the kids are convinced that it's Hitler in disguise. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like some old Jewish guy. Oh my god! Um, That's yeah, terrible. So. That's so funny. Wonderful. wonderful I should look books. at her books.
1: I should look at her books. I've never read them.
0: Yeah, I know. I love them, and they have them for like she she's written for all ages. So she has one yeah. for like younger kids and high school. But anyway, this is not the Judy Bloom Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> or maybe it. No, should it's be. not. It is definitely um, not. How was what? your week? My week was, you
1: know, it was good. It was an interesting week. Uh, when you l- work in the Jewish professional world and, you know, something big happens in the Jewish world, that becomes sort of your week. Um, so, what, what, what happens?
0: That was big. Did somebody say something anti Semitic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone did something anti Semitic this week. I mean, um, apparently. From what I heard, from what I heard it tell. wasn't.
0: It wasn't anti-Semitic. Yeah,
1: it's hard to tell if it was anti-Semitic or not. So, But
0: obviously you're talking about the, the terrorist. Yeah, that... the
1: the hostage situation in Texas, which, yeah. you know, my husband and I were in, in synagogue this week on, on Saturday and we were walking home. Obviously, we didn't know anything because we don't use our phones or anything on Shabbat. No and spoilers. I, I We didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. And um, an older gentleman who saw us walking by stopped us. And he goes, do you know what's going on in Texas? And we were like, no, what? And he said, there's a synagogue that's been taken you know, hostage. And I'm like, what? And I was like starting to freak out. And I wanted to go on my phone and see what was going
0: on. I want to I wanna go <laughs> back. I didn't. I know this is not the most important part of the story. But what do you think that guy was like in his head? That he was <laughs> like... So- <laughs> He like, oh, here's Jews. I know. Like, tell them Isn't that something interesting? they don't know. Yeah. Well,
1: actually, he then went on to say, yes, it's a Muslim. And he came across the border. It's all Biden's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so we walked away. And my husband's like, so, well, we know who he's voting for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was funny. I guess he wanted to make his political statement to us. But uh, that's um, that's
0: very funny. Yeah. um I mean, not the terrorist attack.
1: The no, no, that, that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as soon as Shabbat was over, I ran to my phone, obviously, to see what was going on. And it was just such a horrific story. Yeah. But I was so torn. I mean, this is such an awful thing to admit. But I guess this is like our therapy sessions now. So, like, sure. I'm just, I'm just going to say it and don't mm-hmm. judge me, anybody. But um, I was so torn because I had tickets to a concert Saturday night that <laughs> I had to go to, like, immediately after Shabbat because Coldplay was Performing and <laughs> I love Chris Martin, and the, so I really the wanted Jewish to... band Coldplay. Good <laughs> yeah, mix totally. of Klaismer
0: and uh, oh my God, exactly you know, songs. I think they sing. They sing from uh from shira Shirim. Is that oh for sure. Sing? Yeah, okay. for sure. I mean,
1: I haven't been to a concert since before COVID, and you know, I've talked. I about would it rather
0: at... not go to a concert ever again in my life than have to go see Coldplay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, that's wrong. Wait, that is the wrong take. Me, but but tell no, me so how. I, so Chris Martin is the one who took the synagogue hostage. Is what no, I'm so I was
1: just saying, I mean, just because I, I'm centering myself in this story about oh, of course, the, you should. the people who were taken hostage. <laughs> well, um, first of all,
0: nobody like nobody died. So we're allowed to. Thank God. Um, thank
1: God. And thank the rabbi God, really Hushim. like, that was heroic. I mean, like, he, yeah, like, they threw a chair at him and ran away. And badass. That was heroic. Um, it made us
0: look good, that rabbi, because we don't yeah. usually look like, you know. I know We'd usually you'd expect the Jews to be like but he was like you no know, really accidentally nice. like trip over the gun and like shoot himself that's or something. true <laughs>
1: but did you like read the details of the story like they let him in and like brought gave yeah. him tea I'm like uh, that does not happen in other synagogues like don't try that
0: but oh really
1: no way we have, like, security, and you have to, like, they have to know yeah. who you are. They don't just let anyone in. Well,
0: he was very, very progressive. And, you know, it's yeah. interesting because I followed the story through Twitter, which is really the best thing to do of when course. something terrible happens. Because <laughs> yeah. then if you're not angry enough, you can get angrier, and mm-hmm. you know. Um, and people were talking about the, the rabbi's politics, and, and I was thinking about it, too. And I think I had sent uh, my father or somebody a message saying, you know, oh, he was very, very left-wing, and then, and then somebody posted with, like, somebody, I think, right wing posted, like, not in these words, but he was like, everybody who's saying that the rabbi is left wing, shut the fuck up. It doesn't matter. And I yeah. was like, yeah, actually, that is 100% that correct. Is correct. Yeah. I don't care what his politics are. I'm glad he's safe and his congregation. Is I agree. Safe. I mean, the only, the o- I totally agree. That is such a horrible
1: thing to be, like, focusing on. But um, the but only it, thing I would I, say. I,
0: I slid into that. Like, I did think about it. I didn't tweet about it because I don't right. want tweet too much like negative stuff but but yeah. then i i needed that like that like reminder. slap in the face yeah a reminder i guess no it's, it's true cheesy. it's mm-hmm. true
1: but i mean i i do think there is room for discussion now about like how the jewish community handles security because i you know these type of things when they happen i just get more um convinced that like i just don't care about what other people think anymore we have to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. and that's it like i am not going to sacrifice my kids lives to make other people feel more comfortable like i just don't care yeah uh, and so yeah so there is room for that political discussion because i think there's some corners of the jewish world that want to say like you know in order to make one group feel more comfortable or less comfortable you know all this kind of stuff about like police and law enforcement like no i want security. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how it's done. But we need to make sure that we're safe. And that's it. Also,
0: if if you're coming to pray in a synagogue, uh, you know, given everything that's going on, no matter who you are, what you are, the presence of police and security will make you feel safe. Like, of course. You know, it's... Of course. For everyone. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a no-brainer I think, to me. I think what, what I kind of clarified for me a little bit is... You know, we, we talk, you and I talk a lot about kind of woke stuff and how we don't like these like uh, empty gestures yeah. and this kind of p- performance uh, um, policing of, of, of uh, thought or whatever, um, even though none of us are really like but, right wing. Um, but but I think that clarified for me because, you know, this this man from from who came in, this terrorist who came in. Uh, was influenced and and look he he's definitely I I I don't doubt that he has some you know mental problems as well but he was influenced by um, this terrorist who's in jail who's in- rabidly anti-Semitic Ugh. and just like very very clear about it and the fact that that's kind of buried or that the the support that she gets from kind of I don't want to say mainstream kind of like mainstream adjacent. Yeah. Uh, public figures, like in the Women's March and and Yeah, Linda Sarsour and those types. It's one thing if you would apply that um, across the board, but when you're refusing to look anti-Semitism from the Muslim community in the eye, while also calling it violence, if you use a, a non-PC term or maybe right. a term that just 30 seconds ago went out of style... <laughs> That that's those are two things are very, very hard for me to hold in my head. And and that's why I get very kind of skeptical and cynical about, about some of this woke stuff, not because I don't support the underlying cause, just because I see it as so hypocritical when yeah. it comes to the Jews.
1: Yeah, and I, I think for me when these things happen, like what happened in Texas, like it's just a reminder that, you know, even for Jews, it's not the same experience in this country. Like I saw so much outpouring of like, bewilderment and like how could this happen and when and what is you know all of this kind of questioning and it's just like as an orthodox Jew, like yeah this is gonna happen and it happens all the time yeah not at such a scale but like not i mean obviously this was a very unique case but like there's anti-semitism everywhere and i don't want to live in a play i don't want to live with it all the time that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to say like i outsource my fear by having security Proper yeah. security. And I'm not naive enough to think that that's going to be the, you know, that it's always going to protect us every second of the day. But like, I feel that I'm doing my duty by protecting my family and myself and my community. And I just have to go on and live. I mean, I'm
0: not going to not go to Shoal or, you know, to synagogue. I'm not. I would gonna, love to you know, see you like at a gun range in like, oh my God. like L.A. somewhere with like some, some gang bangers. Just like, you this know, is learning why how I to don't... shoot a Glock
1: well, this is why I'm not going to lose weight because then the people who want to <laughs> kidnap me, they
0: can't carry me. So it's no. just, it's they're going to grab the skinny people Wait, first. Wait, I have a question. I have a question to ask you. So again, Twitter, I know not representative of real life, but I, I do listen with some alarm to these voices that are very much on the fringe um, who all have blue check marks and like thousands <laughs> of retweets. Um, but people were saying, these. these rabbis were saying, a female rabbi was saying that, you know, uh, we need to think about what what the presence of security does to Jews of color and this. And is is it me or is that term Jews of color new and incredibly fucking annoying? 100%. Because I feel like it's separating the Jewish I, people in a way that is just unnecessary. Like you can be Jewish and black. You can be Jewish and Hispanic. You can be course. Jewish, whatever. I love it. I love that Jews are all unique. Yeah. But I, uh, this Jews of color thing is just like, I don't know. Where did that come from? I don't know. And also, like, what
1: do people mean when they say that? Like, are they talking about Yemenite Jews? No. Yeah, I guess. I don't think they are. I think they mean specifically like BIPOC, oh, know. you know, like BIPOC people, you know, Jews yeah. or whatever. Like we've had, I mean, the community has been mixed for years. I mean, Sephardim, mm-hmm. Ashkenazim, Mizrahi. I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I don't really understand it. I don't. I'm sorry to say, but like our security is going to protect the Jews of color as well. I mean, that's the point of that. Of course. I mean, of course. I don't really understand. And I
0: don't think, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's again, it's this kind of superficial thinking that focuses on a very, very minute, small detail without kind of looking the bigger problem in the eye. And it gets very, very frustrating, again, especially when it comes to. Anti-Semitism, if it's from, you know, if it's yeah. from the right, then we're very happy to kind of look it in the eye and, and shout and, and scream from the rooftops. A hundred percent. I mean, I if was it's walking. Coming, yeah.
1: I just I mean, just a quick story. But like Friday night, I was walking my son and a group of friends home from he we had a bunch of kids sleep over. Remember oh, right, it. right, right. Did you survive? We, yes, it was great. It was great. But we were walking <laughs> on Friday night and a car drove by and started yelling things out the window. Thank God they were driving really fast. So I couldn't really hear. But the point is, my instinct was immediately like, I have to protect all these kids. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. You look at them, it's a group of, you know, 10 boys with kippahs and tzits, you know, all yeah. their tzitzis hanging. I mean, clearly we're Jewish, right? And, like, they live with it all the time. And so yeah. I want to hold everybody's, like... I, I want to hold every Jew, like, and say, you know, you should feel comfortable walking into synagogue and all of that. I do. It mm-hmm. is important to me. And I and, – and we do need to address, you know, the fact that there's racism in the community and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to security, I'm not willing to compromise on that. Like, that's just not something that I'm but willing it, to but say. But also, you're
0: not compromising. I, it's not excluding it's, anyone. Right. It's exactly. Not, I know. I, I, know. It, I know. It's just it's, – it's so – it's so
1: – it's demoralizing bizarre. to have these kinds of conversations. Like, It's, it's very bizarre. It. And,
0: and you know, there was um, somebody on the news in Israel said, um, you know, gave kind of the view from the U.S., this Israeli uh, journalist. And he said, you know, Jews are not going to go to synagogue now and they're going to be very afraid. And I was like, show the fuck up. Like, I, know, I feel like more. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overestimating, but I feel like more people are going to go to synagogue well, now. More people should. I mean, mm-hmm. I think. It's imperative for uh, for the Jewish
1: community to say, like, you want to fuck with us, that's fine, but we're going to be more Jewish. Like, yeah. we're going
0: to – we're just going to increase. Well, and I think I, that's done that to a lot of people. That's what we need to do. Not, but not, but, well, actually, not a lot. You you do see – I think if you take, like, I don't know, an average group of 100 Jews and they're put in a in a situation like a college campus yeah. where, you know, they're constantly being their, – their support for Israel is, is considered like, you know, whatever – Nazi, fascist, blah, blah, You're going to have those who double down. And we know some kids like that who are amazing, who are like, no, actually, even though I'm, I'm, I'm progressive and cool and young, I'm still doing this. And you're going to have those who just be like, OK, maybe I'll like, you know, cool it with the Israel stuff. And that's, you know, that worries me if people just and maybe that's just my personality. If somebody tells me not to do something, I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. Um, Yeah, it's unfortunate that in the Jewish community,
1: often it's the anti-Semitism that motivates people to show up or get involved. But the problem with that is, is that's not sustainable. Kids don't want to be, if you worry about like the Jewish future, like kids don't want to be connected to something that's always negative. So Judaism has to be, if you care, like if you care about the future of Jewry, right, you want to make it Fun, palatable, important, like deep, and 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 something that is so like in, intrinsic to you as a, in your identity and you as a person that like when these types of things happen, it doesn't throw you into a tailspin of like,
0: yeah. oh my god,
1: who am I? What am I? Let me
0: just hide. <laughs> you know, like it, it, there is a balance there. You know that has I'm, to exist. I'm definitely a, a gunslinging like in the <laughs> trenches Jew. Like I'll come out for that shit, but like don't say. Me a table, don't at, bother like, me. At synagogue, like- <laughs> <and then shopping.
1: laughs> God forbid you should go to a synagogue and like listen to the Torah reading. Well, God I don't want to go
0: because, first of all, there are too many Jews there. Um, <laughs> but I, I've, I've, I mean, yeah. I don't know if this is too soon, but there were only four people in
1: synagogue.
0: On, no, that's because on they were doing Saturday. Zoom, they were doing Facebook Live. Yeah, well, okay, that's what I'm saying. There's not yeah. that many people there. Yeah and it was probably the foremost annoying people who were like I'm going to show up no matter what and the rabbi is like They're oh all my heroes. god if I have to die here with these people
1: <laughs> They're like, all
0: heroes Yael they, they are, are all and the, and the and the cops you know sorry to be like you know the cop person but yeah. the fucking cops that rescued them and the SWAT teams and and all those people who kind of came and the FBI people who flew in from DC yeah. um you know they're real heroes not the person who's like talks about their mental illnesses yeah. or, or depression you know what's, which
1: you know it's weird it's like i want everything i mean this is the sickness of our generation i think that i want everything to be like in the movies so like you expect <laughs> a hostage like you want tom cruise to like land on the roof yeah. of the synagogue and like sneak his way in and i don't know but in the end it's just like this rabbi nerdy rabbi throws mm-hmm. a chair at the Perpetrator and
0: runs out. You know what the worst it's thing? Like, you know what the worst thing about it is? And I discovered that at the NYPD, that also like very few of these people are attractive. So, and that's really the, the and that's a big tragedy here. It's so, because
1: you, you go, hit the nail on
0: the head. This is know, the tragedy. It it is. It is. You go and you see these like SWAT guys, and you're I like, know. oh my god, they're probably so hot, but they're all like bald and little like pout, like you know a little bit of a belly um, yeah but the uniform does help yeah, to and, a degree and, and even so you know yeah even so yeah
1: yeah <laughs> Um, oh, my God. I mean, when I see the fire truck parked outside of, you know, the no, firefighters store, are hot
0: because that's yeah. because they don't do anything.
1: I don't know what it is. But man, I will definitely pull into the parking lot and go shopping right then. They if don't I do see anything. Fire truck.
0: All they do all day is sit and like work out and cook. <laughs> so, of course, they're hot. Um, uh, cops, on the other hand, you know, yeah. they have stress and they drink a lot and, and they, they eat donuts <laughs> and they eat donuts. It's true. Everybody. <laughs> I was just talking to a cop the other day about it. And somebody on the call said we had like a Zoom call. And I said we should bring donuts to this meeting. And the person on the Zoom call who isn't a cop said, oh, you know, she laughed. She's like, you know, not all cops like, do- like donuts. <laughs> and then me and the cop there kind of looked at each other through Zoom and we're both like, no, that's actually not true. They all do like donuts. <laughs> that's so interesting. <laughs> who doesn't like donuts? Ugh, I know. A I like great. There was a great meme. That is also politically incorrect. But, I mean, we just made fun of people who almost died at a synagogue. Oh, we're so. such bad. We're so bad. We're there bad, is people. a great – oh, wait wait till you get to the question that I have for you. Oh, God. Um, there was this meme or this photo going around of um, donuts in, like, a break room for cops. You know, like, so a cop had put out, like, a donuts. And he wrote on the box, don't resist or stop resisting. <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's um, so funny. So I don't know. Before we get to our our question, um, oh okay. So <laughs> I have I have I have the question here. Um, I was sitting with my my uh, best friend um, last night uh, at a bar, and he asked me a question, and I forgot. So I texted him, and before he answered, I remembered what it was, and before he answered, and now he answered. And he wrote the question so much more politically correct than he asked it yesterday, <laughs> that I wonder if um, I should go with the uh, which. Okay, so his question was basically what What do um, Jewish or Haredi couples do when if they can't have kids? Like are they, are they allowed um, to
1: adopt? That's a very good, interesting question. And then the so. and then
0: the the side question that he asked me is like. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm, I'm going to hell we, do, do we believe in hell okay.
1: not the version that people
0: okay think of. I'm, I'm going somewhere bad to a Coldplay what? concert maybe let's hear let's hell hear the rest is, of is having to listen to a Coldplay concert oh my god you're wrong you're just plain wrong why are so why do all the kids have down syndrome oh my
1: god <laughs> what <laughs> I told you it was bad okay I'm gonna separate these is... two questions and I'm gonna Answer both of them. Okay. 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 So um there's actually a Jewish law that if a couple cannot have children, the mm-hmm. husband uh will divorce his wife after ten years. Ooh. Um so that he can get what if remarried. It's his fault? And, well, what if he has a I low sperm count. Yes, that is very possible. What if um, he has
0: erectile dysfunction? So it's a it's a
1: mitzvah in the Torah, it's a commandment to ha- you know. Procreate to yeah. bear children. Um,
0: and and the then what's she going to do seri- after 10 years? Let me
1: finish. Give me a second. She's okay? going to be
0: like 25. I'm going to be too old to marry
1: someone. <laughs> Sorry. So, obviously, that does not happen very often. I mean, that was like what the law was, you know. I mean, that is the law, but, like, that's not something that happens. That Today they work it out. Now, first of all, religious couples definitely utilize IVF and all of the medical help that they can in order to get pregnant. And there are incredible organizations. I mean, there's an organization called Bone Olam. Um, that helps couples. It's a fortune. I mean, to do go through a round of um, in vitro is like thousands of dollars. So, the organization that helps couples, um, people fundraise for it. Anyway, um, so there's a lot of technology. I mean, the, the Orthodox Jewish world is very tuned in to like the latest in, you know, trying to help people get pregnant. And, and they're
0: comfortable going to like an OBGYN and like, oh, a hundred
1: percent. A hundred percent. I mean, you. Orthodox couples will do whatever it takes to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some cases where you just you can't. Um, And so uh, adoption is definitely on the table. I mean, absolutely. Do you have to Uh, only
0: adopt a Jewish kid or does he become Jewish once you have him?
1: Well, you can convert – I mean, you can convert them and then uh, go through different – I mean, it just depends on the situation. But if you're inter- – if anybody's interested, there's um, a woman you can follow. She's an Orthodox uh, the rabbi in Rebetzin. Um Her name is Javi Brook, and she – you can follow her story on Instagram. She talks about um, her adoption. Like, she adopted five children. Oh,
0: wow. Um,
1: and she has this beautiful family. And she adopted them all. Her and her husband couldn't have kids, and uh, she has this at gorgeous what age family. She adopted
0: them when they were um, babies.
1: I think most of them. I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think most of them were adopted as newborns, like right from mm-hmm. birth. But I know she did adopt one at like twelve years old.
0: So, what do you do when you have and let's say you get a newborn fresh from adoption? Yeah. Yeah. Um who's obviously not Jewish or is from a country right. different country or something like that. Right. Like how do you reset like factory settings or something <laughs> to- <laughs> My God. Like to make them Jewish, you're
1: saying? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the process is exactly for a baby co- to convert, but I think there's some kind of process. And then when they're a bit older, I think like bar bat mitzvah age, they might go through, you know, something again. But I mean, if you're orthodox, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's, I'm gonna it's call, pretty seamless.
0: I'm going to call this episode, Hialeah Wants to Convert Your Babies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please don't call it that. I'll sound like a freak. What if you get a five-year-old who's a male? Yeah and it's not circumcised. Yeah, they have to get they have to be circumcised. I mean but they would I mean, get circumcised. Like how do you I guess it's less about the 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 you know the medical stuff and more about like, at what age? So, let's say you're 30 and you want to convert, you have to learn a lot of things, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, well, and you have to accept a, a ton of, like, if you want to convert Orthodox, I mean, mm-hmm. if you have to, like, start keeping Shabbat every week, you have to, you know, learn a ton of stuff, keep kosher. I mean, there's, it's But a if big you're process. five
0: or seven, like, yeah, you'd... it's
1: different. If you're growing up in an Orthodox home, I mean, that's not an issue. Okay. Like, you're already doing that. So, it's much, see, it's a very easy process.
0: Are, are there, are, and this goes, I guess this is segues nicely. Into the Down syndrome question. Okay, oh, um, God. so what? What? No, but the but the a, a second part to that question is: Are they? Are you allowed to have abortions?
1: Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So there's two different things. So the reason there are Down syndrome, so many Down syndrome kids, um, which our community embraces and, you know, we have incredible support and programming and camps and schools. I mean, it's just the most beautiful thing is because we would not get an abortion for down syndrome. Mm, I mean, that's just not a reason to abort a baby. That's a good answer. Um, But there are, but there are reasons. I mean, there are uh, situations when abortion is appropriate and like this thing we were talking about before, one thing about Jewish law that I think people fail to understand is like Every case is different, and every case has to be brought to a rabbi, and the rabbi will help you figure out how to work it out. You know what I'm saying? So no one should ever assume anything. Do you do you rabbi shop? Like, um, you're not really supposed to, but what what happens is like there are certain rabbis who are experts in different fields. So like I wouldn't just call, and if let's say, God forbid, I got pregnant and there were questions about, you know, the viability of the child, I wouldn't just call like my local Long Beach rabbi. Like you would call the rabbis who are experts in this exact thing and they would help you through
0: through that. And they
1: work with like doctors and they have people who really understand Jewish law and science and medicine and, you know, all
0: that kind of stuff. That's so interesting. To, yeah, to help so you they come to look, a So they would let's say help you look at your your medical your results of your exactly tests and say like yes this is a real risk for you exactly like if it's a risk for you if it's a high risk for you then you can terminate the pregnancy well
1: anything I that i mean any case where the mother's life is in danger is not even an issue and then i mean obviously abortion it would be appropriate then mm-hmm. um and even in other cases where like you know i i have a relative who you know was pregnant with a baby that was not viable at all like you know when they don't develop. develop. Develop a brain, I think. Mm. i can't remember what it's called, but anyway, um, that was you know the rabbis told her that she could have an abortion, you know. So you have to like every again. There's no—I don't want to make a blanket statement because every case is different, and you have to go and ask like for your if you care about Jewish law. I'm saying if you don't care, do whatever you want. But if you care,
0: I wonder if it's easier to outsource that in a way. You know what I mean? Like it is so helpful to have
1: guidance when it Mm -hmm. comes to these, like, life-changing decisions Um, because we – I mean, you know, you can pay a therapist or you can pay someone, but, like, they don't know you or care about you or – you know what I'm saying? Like, when you're going to a rabbi who – I'm not saying that this is everybody's, you know, experience, but generally, um, they really do want what's best for you, generally, not in every case. Do they always tell
0: you so – I think I've mentioned before that my mother is a therapist. And yeah. I, I remember asking her when I was a kid, not that young, young enough for to understand things in Judy Bloom books. <laughs> but again, I, I mentally developed a little late. But I asked her, like, Mom, what happens if you give somebody advice and it doesn't work? And she laughed and she's like, well, that's not how therapy yeah. works. I was like, well, that seems like a waste of money. <laughs> but is it the same with rabbis? Like, Do they... T- like, will they tell you, like, this is what you should do is a Jewish way? Or will they be like, eh, like, you need to, you know, believe in yourself or whatever they're going
1: to say? No, 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 They will tell you a very clear answer of, like, this is what you should do or this is what you should not do. Um, this is how you should do it. Or they'll say, like, you need to go speak to this rabbi or this doctor or this, mm. you know. Um, people would write to the, the Rebbe all the time with, like, medical questions. And he would always say, go ask a doctor who's a friend. Like, it, it, that's like the best source. What if I want a nose job
0: or like Botox?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can do that.
0: No, but will I go to the rabbi and he'll no, be like, yeah, no. you could use a
1: little <laughs> <laughs> lip. Oh, my God. No, no. You would not. Okay.
0: <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't laugh
1: at my ignorance. I'm not laughing. That's just a really funny scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have a
0: special like Beverly Hills
1: rabbi. rabbi is this nose appropriate no i mean that kind of stuff you do on your own it's really just things that like are you know a matter of life and death or something like
0: that what do you do if you don't want to do what the the rabbi says like um have an abortion and you're like actually no like are you shunned or is it like well that's your call
1: um shunned by whom i mean people wouldn't really know like i mean necessarily the rabbi would know if you didn't yeah. listen to their advice but that that happens a lot i mean okay. people always think they're smarter than everyone else i mean in any like in any community but um generally like if you're going to the rabbi at that level you're asking you're asking because you need the guidance you know? yeah 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 and just to get back to the down syndrome thing for a second um i just like it, it's hard. I mean, I, I feel for the families, like it's a big, t- you know, it's a lot to take on. Also, but I, I want to mention one more thing that a lot of the down syndrome kids end up being like the youngest of like a big family. Mm. That's like a very common thing because you know, the mom is older or whatever. So it's, it you know, it, the chances of having a down syndrome baby goes up as you get older. Um, And so, but I've seen it over and over again that these kids just bring so much joy and like, I don't know. It, teaches everyone else in the family and in the community so much about life how to be a good person yeah like the way you treat them the way you respond to them it just I don't know they're like a gift in a way There's and a... I, I don't want to say it like that because I get that it's hard and I don't want to sit here and like be like oh it's and romanticize it because I know that it I, I mean yeah I see can see that it's really difficult but on the other hand these are precious souls that like they don't have a bad bone in their body they have no like they're here just as pure like gifts and like that's the way the community tries to embrace them and, and think There's about them.
0: There's a great podcast called Israel Story
1: uh-huh. um,
0: that I really would recommend people listen to. They have like this award-winning episode. I think it's called Love Story. Something oh. with love. Um, oh, it's, no, sorry. It's called Love Syndrome. Oh. And it's about a woman, uh, Orthodox, or, or she she was secular. She converted. She She moved to Alaska. She met an Alaskan guy. And somehow they both converted. Wow! And ended up having kids. They had um, uh, a kid with Down syndrome, and then they ended up adopting some kids with Down syndrome. And wow. that is not even spoiling the story for you because it gets so much wow, like tear jerking, like wonderful. It's it's a it's a very it, it's nice. It's not sad, so you should listen to that love we syndrome. To that. Yeah, and it's yeah, English, that's obviously. Nice. Um, that's awesome. Okay, so thank you for giving a thoughtful. And so that actually makes sense if you're not going to get an abortion to my yeah. um, very stupid friend's uh, question. No, he's not stupid. He's wonderful. Thank you, Anthony, for the question. Did I mention it was Anthony? Oh, oh I think I, so. we did now. Oh, whoops.
1: <laughs> I think maybe earlier you said that Anthony has a question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's OK. He doesn't listen. I don't know.
0: He's not that good of a friend. Uh, that's um, funny. Yeah. Um, um, so I don't know. Do you have any questions for me or is my life not that exciting for you? No,
1: I do. So I am c- been following the story about Anne Frank. I don't know. Have you been following this story at all? I,
0: I heard some, a little bit. There's, a uh, Anne Frank, uh, developments. Yeah, there, I know. There's Anne Frank
1: developments. So I guess, uh, this group has done like a tremendous amount of research on, um, who betrayed Anne Frank and her family. Who snitched. And, Who snitched. Yeah. And it turns out that it was uh, according to these people, it turns out that it was people from within the Jewish community Mm. who told on her. Maybe it was like this guy who like was part of the Jewish council who at the time were like trying to save their own lives. And so they were helping the Nazis, whatever. That must have Uh, been really common then. I mean, I think it, it definitely was. But then this morning I read another article basically saying they have no evidence of this and this is all lies. So I feel like there's a little bit of controversy here. And I wanted to know, like, does it change the
0: story for you at all? Like if it was a Jew that gave them in or like, no, I what mean, do you think about that? It doesn't. I, I think. I don't know. I it, I it doesn't change the story for me um, personally. I also think there's a difference between you know, snitching or, or whatever for whatever financial reason and and having almost to choose between your life and another family's life, I feel like that's yeah, a moral dilemma that I can't even begin to unpack. Right. I um know. also I don't know why like it's a great story. I would like to learn more about it. But why is there so many articles about it, and why are people like pe- like people are very sensitive about it? I'm like, yeah, very. Yeah, you know there were like bad Jewish people too, right?
1: Like- right. I I understand the instinct to like not want to ever take any blame away from the Nazis. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, I didn't
0: even think that. I but think that's, that's, that's clear kind of an instinct yeah. that
1: Jews hold a little bit. Like, mm. don't start blaming anyone else other than the Nazis. So, like, who cares who turned them in? That's by not, like, relevant. By the way, like, you relevant.
0: know, in Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum in Israel, they they, they're, they don't say Nazis. They always say Germans um, in their yeah, tours and everything. And that's by choice.
1: Yeah, um, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Hear I that, had a really Germans? bad experience
1: at Yad Vashem last time. I have to tell you, really, I why? Was, yeah, I was really annoyed. I mean, I took a group of students, and like the docent was so bad, and I just was really upset. But did um, you ask for your money back? No, but I did complain. I was a Karen. I went and complained. I'm like, I, I felt horrible complaining because I just, that's not my style. But mm-hmm. like, that's such an important moment for like people's experience in Israel. And like, yeah. for it to
0: be bad is just uh, tragic. Yeah. That is strange. Also, because Yad Vashem is such a place where you kind of like, oh, I have to go there. Everybody has yeah. to go there. Blah, blah. And you're like, okay, fine. We'll listen to the Holocaust stuff. And it is mind blowing. Like just- yeah. The design itself of the museum and and every single, this is not very, like, Israelis aren't very good at, like, detail, but every single detail there is just, like, perfectly made to tell a story. Well... That is exactly what pissed me off starting off the. Let me just <laughs> tell you. Did you give them a the one beginning. star review, well, a trip advisor? Let me
1: tell you the beginning of the. I'm just going to give you this one piece, okay? okay. So we walk in, <laughs> and if you've never been to Yad Vashem, which is the Israeli national memorial to the Holocaust, okay? <laughs> I love the story in, already. Okay, you walk in, and it's a, basically like a triangle room that's cement, okay? It's like gray cement. It's dark, it's very somber, and it's like cold in there. And that's like the start of the tour Mm -hmm. and our docent gets in there with the group and pulls us to the side and he's like so why do you think they did the room this way like like very like concrete gray dark and sparse Mm -hmm. so i mean to me there's like one right answer okay Mm -hmm. and he, and the students are like, well, one of my students says, oh, because, you know, this the, the this resembles, you know, the, the gas chambers or whatever, which, okay, that's a good answer. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. you want to give the seriousness of it. The, the docent says, no, it's to show you that things are very gray. It's not black and white, the Holocaust. It was very gray. <laughs> I'm like – are you a fucking moron? Like, what? what? That's your answer? That's how you're framing our visit to the Holocaust Museum? Is that it's gray? It's not gray. It, it's, black. it's actually the most black and white thing that I could ever <laughs> do with these kids. We've spent 10 days in a country where everything is complex, okay? Every conversation we had was complex. The one place that's not complex
0: is Yad Vashem, okay?
1: I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's complex.
1: It is not complex. Am the, I wrong?
0: Um, so he was like, um, <laughs> here's the thing. Because, Halei, I know that six million Jews died in the Holocaust. It was awful. But <laughs> maybe awful. if they wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. if they weren't so involved with, like, politics and money, if they just lay, laid low a little bit. Yeah. I maybe. Guess. You know, I mean, I don't know how to like, I, I really don't know what to say. It's kind I of... mean, then I mean, I'm not going to tell you every single thing. I, this is
1: like five years ago and I'm still so angry. But um, at then, uh, then he spent like 25 minutes at this one section where it sh- talks about how after the Russians invaded Berlin, um, when they finally captured Berlin, how, you know, it was horrible what they did. I mean, they raped all the German women, like horrible. I mean, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And but he spent 25 minutes in that section. I'm like. I get that that was terrible, but like, get why your don't own the Germans museum. Have a museum for that. Yeah. Like, I'll go to the German museum to learn about that. I mean, I know that's terrible to say, but like, it was really annoying to me. We like wow. ran through the rest of it anyway. Well, actually, bottom I, line, yeah, it was not a good experience. I went and complained, mm-hmm. and that was the end.
0: I heard that Yad Vashem, in an effort to be more inclusive, they're hiring some uh, neo-Nazi guides because they just want to give like a fuller version of the story.
1: I have a very strange, like, somebody said this to me once, and ever since he said it to me, it just sticks in my head, because I was giving him this rant about my experience at Yad Vashem, and I was like, I was really disappointed. And he said to me, he's like, look, the Nazis' goal was to kill all the Jews and make a big museum about this people that once existed, the Jews, right? And look what we did to them. He's like, we've done the opposite. We've you know, destroyed the Nazis and we have big museums all about the Nazis. Like most of the Holocaust <laughs> museums are all about the Nazis are barely about like Jewish life in Europe and what was destroyed and the victims and the people and, you know, all of
0: that. So, so what you're saying is white that. men are overrepresented in the discussion Why? about the Holocaust. Isn't that I mean, of course, it comes down to that. Of course, we center the wrong people. <laughs> That's all it is that is that is a very very funny i wonder i wonder how many other people have had bad experiences at yad vashem what happens like if you if you slip and fall in yad vashem like if you go to the room with all like there's a dark room with the kids with all the stars it's like really dark if you slip and fall like what do you sue them like oh my god I, do you know what i have dealt with at
1: yad vashem you have no idea <laughs> Okay, I've dealt with drunk students. I've dealt with <laughs> Yad Vashem? Yes, yes, yes. Birthright, and this is a little known fact. Birthright has a rule that you are not allowed to take, they're not allowed to go out the night before Yad Vashem because it's like disrespectful to show up like hungover. Like when you go to Yad Vashem, they want the students to be like, you know, That's all but really, I, great. you know. I take other groups that are not birthright and, you know, we don't follow those rules. And I've helped – I've had to deal with hungover students at Yad Vashem. I've had to deal with fighting students. I've had to deal – I almost passed out one summer. I was so hot. I, like, didn't even go on the tour because I was eating ice cream in the – you know, there's a little food court at Yad Vashem. (laughs) What do they serve there? (laughs) I
0: was so hot that I sat and ate like four ice creams. I first of all, I think that's uh, I, I think that's disrespectful. It is, but I, I mean how many be, times I I've been there a bunch of times. Because <laughs> no, I think it's disrespectful. They have a food court at Yad Vashem. Oh, I know. You know it, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I was gonna make I was oh. gonna make an example about like a Native American museum, but I, I don't there's no good way I, I, out of this.
1: Yeah, El, let's be honest. I just, all I thought of when I was eating those delicious Strauss Pops, like ice cream, like mm-hmm. Israeli ice cream, I just kept thinking, my grandmother would be so happy right now if she saw me eating this ice cream. So <laughs> that's what I told myself.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> eating ice cream in Yad Vashem, like what else? I mean, that's- Did, when you were eating ice cream, were, were you looking, were like the photos of the people from the Holocaust like glaring no. at you? No. No? Okay. It's
1: literally separated from the front area. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. What else do they serve (laughs) there? Is there a bar?
1: I don't think so. No? I just eat the ice cream. I can't think of what else there is. There are drinks, obviously. Actually, on a serious note, I had a horrible – this is the last story about Holocaust museums, okay? But (laughs) – Years and years ago, like 25 years ago, my first job, um, I took eighth graders when I was teaching in New York, when I worked in New York. um, We took the eighth grade on a trip to Washington, D.C. for their graduation. So we went to the Holocaust Museum there, and there's like, uh, they have an actual uh, train car. You know, one of Mm -hmm. the trains that the Jews were stuffed. I mean, those trains were horrific, right? My grandmother would tell us her story about being in the train, whatever. Horrible, horrible stories. And so you walk through it. It's like one of the most emotional parts of the whole museum. Like, anyway, I'm walking behind my students and I watch one of my students. I I swear this is a true story. One of my students takes out her gum from her mouth and sticks it on the wall
0: Shut of the up. train
1: car in the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. Eighth grade? Eighth grader. Jewish? I, a Jewish girl. I almost <laughs> passed out. I mean, I remember, like, you know in the movies when, like, your your head explodes off your, like, the cartoons where you're just, like, exploded into a million pieces? That was me. I was... I, I I didn't know what to do with myself. I was so angry. What did you do? Did you I, grab her I by the ear? I grabbed her. I grabbed her arm mm-hmm. and I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just remember like I, I was so horrified and embarrassed and she got in so much trouble and like but she will never forget that. I promise you. Like well, I, I
0: Who does that? Not even for a Holocaust that? car. Like I wouldn't do it on a regular train. Uh,
1: honestly. Like, I mean
0: you know? I know. A Holocaust train. A Holocaust train. It's shocking! Wow, I know, I know. <laughs> it's um, shocking! Wow, wow! I didn't know you were such a Holocaust denier. <laughs> oh my I god! Mean, it, ask it, me about a Holocaust
1: museum. I'll tell you all my anywhere in the world. When, we went to Palm Springs on vacation once, and I forced my husband and kids to go with me to the Holocaust Memorial in Palm Springs. <laughs> And we have pictures on our two-day vacation that we were going to just sit in the pool and do the, like, we stayed at a hotel specifically because mm-hmm. there were, like, um, what are those Lazy Rivers? Yeah. And you just, like, lay in a float and, mm-hmm. it, like, you go around. We literally went there specifically for that. And I made all of us get dressed in normal clothes and drive to the Palm Springs Holocaust Memorial. I wish
0: the Lazy River went through the Holocaust Memorial. I mean, that way you it can would just be see it. so
1: convenient. <laughs> So convenient. (laughs) No, we had to
0: drive. You should have a guidebook, like, you know, like top 10. (laughs) Holocaust museums. It's such a good idea. Yeah. Or like every destination you go to, you know, when you look up like the good restaurants, you can look up like the good Holocaust memorials. Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) You know, it's sad. You know, I've never been to Poland.
0: And uh, we haven't done. That that whole country is a Holocaust memorial. I know. And we've
1: never gone. I've never gone. And my father's never gone, you know, even though his parents are survivors, Mm. et cetera. And uh, for my 40th birthday, my sister planned a whole trip for my family to go to poland and we hired everything and it was all prepared yeah. for october of 2021 and um wow that never happened yeah. october 2020 sorry you 2020.
0: should go i i mean yeah we're gonna do it except every place is like when we went in high school and like every time we sat on the ground anywhere like because you know we're a group of, of high schoolers yeah um, we would like sit down and then and like start eating our sandwiches and then the guy would be like this is a mass grave (laughs) like everywhere is a mass grave you don't want to sit anywhere um the yeah but um but it's uh yeah poland i mean poland is kind of like not a very impressive country but the the holocaust sites are very cool the food is terrible
1: poland is awful awful place (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, all right anyway, so i think we've, we've covered pretty a... much i think <laughs> every controversial topic is there anybody else we want to offend that we haven't offended oh my god we haven't talked about trance issues at all really? maybe next yeah, episode maybe um, what are you doing this weekend Do you have any plans this weekend no i'm actually going to um utah and oh, colorado nice. awesome. so i'm going i'm going skiing and then i'm just going to see the the sites and uh work from work from the road Um, so I guess we'll talk from them and I'll, from there and I'll tell you what it's like to be in a place, uh, without a lot of Jews.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Skiing just, I don't know, like it looks so nice in pictures Mm -hmm. and in film. And then when you actually go, it's a nightmare. It's everything is heavy. It's so annoying.
0: You're hot, you're cold, you're
1: falling. The whole thing is
0: just not. Uh, it is. It is. It is really wonderful, but there's a lot of logistics involved, and it's fucking Ugh, expensive. It's so expensive. The I mean. um the flight and the hotel and everything were cheap, um and then just the ski rentals and the passes, the mountain yeah. passes and all that stuff is expensive. Where are you um, going,
1: Park City? Are you going to Park City? Um, no,
0: Snowbird. Oh, Snowbird. Nice. It's uh, it's beautiful there. I've been. There I like how sports. I act
1: like I know. I mean, uh, I've gone skiing once in my life. <laughs> I have no clue. Good luck. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Good luck. Thank you. And I guess we'll
0: we'll have to record uh, from the road.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Wow. We have birthdays coming up this weekend. I'm hosting my husband's family for his birthday. And my second son, Mendy, uh, is turning 18 this week. Muzzle. Muzzle, muzzle. Yeah. It's a a funny, funny time. Well,
0: buy them all shots for me. (laughs) Yeah, I will. Anyway. okay. so we'll talk next week. All right. Okay, bye, bye everyone.